up, Buzznet? In reference to the podcast, back at you. For True Crime Tuesday. That's it. Billy sent me a Snapchat. Billy G? Mm-hmm. Why? Happy New Year's. We haven't talked since my pap died. <laughs> He's still married? No, but he has a girlfriend. I'm going to tell him my New Year's kiss was my dog. No, I'm not. That's weird. Okay. Anyway. I'm Amanda. I'm Heather. And today for True Crime Tuesday, we're investigating murder in our backyard. And Heather's not paying attention. Did you even watch The Hunger Games? What? <laughs> what did the Hunger Games do? <laughs> were you going to ask me that, or were you asking him that? <laughs> Whatever you said. I literally said we're exploring murder in our backyard, and you didn't respond. And so I said, and Heather's not <laughs> Watch the Hunger Games. I forgot to lift my uh, left foot up, my right foot up. <laughs> we need that pork and sauerkraut now. It's too late. We already ate. Fun fatty But for context, my friend sent me maybe the odds we ever in our favor. <laughs> right when you asked me that, <laughs> as soon as I said it, I was like, she didn't say anything. About I just said we were going to explore murder in our backyard. What was that about? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Alright. Exploring murder. Let me flip my phone over. Alright. So. Oh, I said. So talking about the facts that I can find on these two cases. Probably won't take long because there isn't a lot of detail online about them. And Heather and I need to be very mindful of what we think and what I have found online. Because one of these cases we knew the person fairly well and the other we know the victim's family semi-well. And oh, I was going to give our listeners a history on us. Uh, our friendship. <laughs> I feel like I just summed it up. I don't pay attention. <laughs> so, for a little bit of context, we're going to start by going way back to when my mom married her husband and we moved to the small town of Crescent. The population in 20... Did you write this in your notes? Yeah. <laughs> the population in 2017 was a literal... What? Okay. The population in 2017 was a little under 1,600. In 1996, when we moved there, it was a little over 1,700. 
So, hundred people. A lot of people. <laughs> like, bye. Bye. My mom and her husband bought a house. That was, like, legit plastic. Um, so, my mom and her, her husband bought a house near Heather's. In 1998, my brother was born, and I used to take him for walks, and Heather and her friends bullied me and told me I was... It was like bullying. <laughs> you guys asked me if my brother was a baby doll. And my response was no, he pees and poops. Baby doll do that, though. <laughs> I know. So, basically, the fact that I'm so mean to Heather most of the time is probably her fault. <laughs> You're not wrong. And then I said, I'm kidding. Case in point, I don't pay attention. Yeah, at least when I pay, don't pay attention, I just go, I just agree with you or don't answer you at all. I heard you and then in my head, I'm like, oh no. Like, I was having the conversation with her and then as soon as I said it, I was like, oh my god, that was what me and Zach were talking about. Um, so, I said, in sixth grade, Heather and I actually became friends and this would have been around 2000. We went to... No, we're entering 20 years of friendship. I know. That's crazy. Ugh. So we were 11 when we... We were 11 in 6th grade, is that right? You were 12. You were 12. You were 12 in 6th grade as well. At the start of 6th grade, oh, yeah, you would have turned 12. I would have just turned 12. Yeah. Because isn't that how you remember it? It was 2000. Yeah. I know it was. Because Colin was two. Oh, yeah. And we were 12. That's right. I don't know if those are fireworks or that's just the wind. I think it's just the wind. Um, and then I said I moved away in 10th grade, but mine and Heather's friendship prevailed. But never would I think that we'd be hosting a podcast when we were in our early 30s. <laughs> And turning 40 in nine years. Your mom so nicely pointed out. Yeah, thanks, Mom. Um, so, we're going to talk about two cases that rock our small town, and not in a good way. And we'll start off with one that happened the summer before I moved away. It makes it sound, like, romanticized. Oh, I was like, like, which one was it? <laughs> so... We're going to talk about the murder of Calvin Yonner. Calvin was born August 27th, 1985 in Dallas, Texas. I have no idea when their family moved to Pennsylvania. He's only a couple years old, like literally a couple years older than me. Mm -hmm. and, and me? Well, no, I mean like to date. Yeah. Yeah. Don't um, make this about you, Amanda. <laughs> uh, do you know when they moved here? Were they always in school with us? I don't think. Okay. I wasn't sure. And well, you would have known more than me because you would have been in the same room as Becca. Because they always put us in alphabetical order. Well, I run in the same circle of friends as her, so. Although, maybe not because in eighth grade, Alexa was in mine and her last name starts with a B. Yeah. Maybe that was just once we hit high school they did that. Yeah, I don't know. I do think it was just when we hit high school. Because I don't... No, she was in our 8th grade yearbook. Yeah. You mean alphabetical order? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know. She was just one of those ones that just like I just remember was there, but I don't remember when. Yeah. I mean, they could have moved here right after he was born or something. I don't know. Um, But obviously, they moved to Pennsylvania because his death takes place in Pennsylvania. Spoiler alert. It also doesn't mean he lived here. He could have been visiting. Yeah, but we know that he was here. And oh, I said we went to high school with one of his siblings. Um. Calvin graduated before his death from Penn Cambria High School. But unfortunately, because this isn't really a nationwide case that was covered, it was on court TV um, because they called in a psychic and she was featured on this episode of Psychic Detective. But there isn't much on Calvin, and I don't know too much about him or his family because I wasn't friends with them. Do you still steal my homework? <laughs> they? Her. Oh, I was like. Well, I mean, they is like her group of friends. Oh, yeah. Stupid word wise. Were you a good person to steal your homework from? I guess. Did you steal your. I probably stole mine from you. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm smart, but. You got me through 10th grade Spanish. <laughs> and, uh. 10th grade English. You just got me through 10th grade. I also got Billy to graduate, so I passed his, math, his summer math class for him. Oh, um, anyway, I do think that this case should be picked up by some show where they examine evidence and mi- the mishandling of it. Um, and also to find out if the world of Cambria County was corrupt around the time of this incident. Um, so on July 10th, 2003, during a quote, team gathering or a party as one might now call it these days, um, in Loretto, Pennsylvania, Calvin was shot by a 22 in the head. He was taken by ambulance to Altoona, Pennsylvania and state police, police arrived at the scene after that. State police allegedly did not separate or seriously question those who remained at the scene and did not pursue two others who had left the farmhouse that this had all taken place at. There is no press report of fingerprinting of, on the rifle used. Um, however, an officer testified at an inquest that Calvin took his life by balancing a rifle on the floor and placed the barrel against his forehead. Witnesses testified they saw Calvin first dry fire the weapon in the kitchen and then went to a picnic table outside on the porch of the farmhouse. Um, They heard the gun go off but did not see the incident. Police were apparently so sure that this was a suicide that evidence that was at the scene was not documented. Once Calvin was examined by a coroner, it was discovered that it would have been physically impossible for Calvin to shoot himself, and a reenactment showed that his arms were four inches too short for him to reach the trigger. So the Blair County Coroner's Office, which is where Altoona is located, um, I know you know that, but... Um, I also, well, I guess I guess Altoona is closer than Johnstown. Yeah. Colorado. Yeah. Well... Maybe it's back roads either way. Yeah. I don't know. Well, the whole thing is just shady. Yeah. So during this inquest, Calvin's mother testified that he was in counseling for drug abuse, 
that he was not suffering from depression. He had planned to move to Clarion and had proposed to his girlfriend just two days before his death. And so the only reason I included this is like you never truly know when somebody's depressed. But typically, if somebody is going to kill themselves, they're not going to make plans to marry someone and move. Um, At least that's what I learned in college with psychology. I don't know. Um, So the jurors for the inquest, and an inquest is held whenever uh, the, I don't want to say type of death, Manner of death. Thank you. Welcome. Whenever the manner of death is up for question, they will hold an inquest with which is six jurors. Um, and so these six juror, jurors for the inquest deliberated for thirty minutes and advised the death was a homicide, and this was placed on his death certificate. So the only thing I'm I couldn't find anything couldn't find anything about it is that if he didn't die at the scene. And so they took him to Altoona. And that's why his death certificate is there. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I thought they didn't say anything or nothing. Me and my dad watched about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I did watch that, but I didn't really pull anything from it. Um, and I also didn't say my sources. So really, I got most of his stuff off of farball.org. So they have their own website. There's, what, 18 kids. But I didn't know that he would be... I don't. I wonder if they might have been related. I wonder if his mom was a farbot. Oh, I was also going to say I don't know about his fiance, but oh, I don't and know. that's where it said he had a child, but I don't remember that. Um, but again, I wasn't friends with them, so I wouldn't. Yeah, really I don't ever remember her saying anything about being an aunt. Uh, well, I don't think she is. <laughs> I don't know. Um. Anyway, so <clears throat> so even though the his death certificate is in uh, Blair, yeah, Blair County, um, the shooting did happen in Cambria County, and so despite his death certificate saying homicide, no charges have been brought against any suspects, and instead there was an investigation by the Cambria County coroner. So Cambria County decided to do an investigation. And on August 12, 2004, the district attorney for Cambria County announced that Calvin's death was not a homicide, primarily citing a nonspecific change of opinion by the forensic pathologist involved, a review of a 911 call that claimed the shooting was self-inflicted, and a lack of homicidal motive among those present at the scene. This just all seems very fishy to me. Especially after they showed the guy that had the same arm span... Yeah. And, like, he couldn't even reach the trigger right. the way that he would have to hold it. Yeah. Between that and then, like, sure, if somebody commits suicide, there could be somebody calling and saying, hey, this happened. But also, knowing that he was involved in, like, some illegal activity. Yeah, especially since he had a drug problem. Right. Like, it's just, that's so shady to me. Um... So the Cambria County District Attorney's conclusion remains disputed by family members and Blair County's coroner's office. Calvin's family brought Noreen Rainer, a famous psychic who has helped police in other cases, to read the crime scene. Um, and I know she's, she believes that 
somebody else shot him and like even described. I think that was in the YouTube videos. Um, so if you just search Calvin Yonner uh, on Google, it brings up the like a three-part YouTube video series um, of a bunch of news pieces sliced together. And I didn't, I watched them, but I didn't really use much from them. So actually I didn't use anything. Well, I know on the, the one they handed her like a book full of pictures and she flipped through and pointed right to somebody that was at the party. Right. And that's somebody that they, they had already suspe suspected of being guilty. So I don't know. Um, unfortunately, Calvin's murder is still unsolved. Um, and I personally believe it was a murder. And I know for a fact it was rumored that it was over drugs, um, but I don't know if that's true. And so, yeah, I just think things were really shady with how everything was handled. Oh, yeah, because the crime scene, like a bucket of water got dumped over and they didn't take any fingerprints or. Yeah, or like, like talk to people. Yeah, because like me and my dad watched it and we're watching it and I was like, because I never really knew what happened. And I'm like looking down, I was like, Dit. I'm like, what cop doesn't know to like, oh, hey, separate people. Yeah. I think. And uh, so this is completely my opinion and in no way, like, I'm not saying this is true, but it's just a very small area up here. So like everybody knows everybody. Yeah. And I don't know who his friend group was, but, like, I I just, I don't know. And whenever they said on the YouTube video, they said who the guy was that she pointed at. Yeah, I I, I just really... Well, yeah, because you figure it's been, what, 16 years? Mm -hmm. Almost 17. And somebody's just, just walking, walking around. around. That's crazy. I could never. So... Now we're going to move on to a solved and um, obvious murder. Um, yeah. So we're going to talk about the murder of Sharon Chorus. Right? Yep. <laughs> I went to, kid, went to school with this kid for seven years. Can't say his name. Um, uh, seven years, man. I was in, in preschool. Well, that's true. So Sharon was born on November 21st, 1959 in Crescent. That's what her obituary says. I don't think that's true. What year? Um, 1959. That's how my dad is. No, but I think that part's true. I don't think she was born in Crescent, though. Uh oh. I would think she's born in Altoona because she went to Bellwood and his high school. Oh, yeah. So. Well, she could have been born and they moved when she was young. True. Was your dad born in Crescent? Or was he born in, like, Johnstown or Altoona? Oh, I don't. That was 60 years ago. <laughs> I just didn't think people were born in Crescent. I mean, I guess it could have been a home birth back Well, then. heck, whenever my grandma went in the labor with Uncle Roger, the doctor told, literally told him, like, it's bad, I'll wait until tomorrow. <laughs> He's like, I'm not driving to the office. Oh, wow. So she graduated from Bellwood Annis High School and up to a hospital school of practical nursing. My next line, I meant to say she had two children, but I just wrote she had Anthony and Andrew. Um, so she <laughs> two had two children. Two, two children, two sons, Anthony and Andrew. Anthony was serving in the Middle East at the time of her murder. 
And I know at the time he was like a first lieutenant. Yeah. So, um, in the Marines. Yeah, I guess that's it. Um, Sharon was employed with the Pencambria School District for 16 years. And she was a nurse. And she was a damn good nurse. Who yelled at me all the time. So she probably would have started being a nurse there whenever Anthony yeah, started yeah. school. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like my mom did with me. <laughs> um, so now we're going to talk about the day of her murder again. Not a whole lot of biography there. She had a lot of brother-in-laws. I know that. Um, Which is weird. Like, did her husband have a lot of sisters? It must. (laughs) I don't know. Or have a lot of brothers. But she didn't mention sisters. Did he have a lot of brothers? brothers. Yeah. I think there were, like, six brother-in-laws mentioned. And only one wife was mentioned. So, I don't know. But that was from her obituary. I don't even think I wrote the link down. Um, but I used the Trib Democrat. I was going to say it's probably the Tribune. Yeah, for everything. So, um, I think that's Calvin's case. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, at 12.30 p.m. on October 24th, 2010, Andrew crashed his car into a home a few blocks from his own home. That's also disputed by the Trib, so... <laughs> One article said he hit a mailbox. The other said he hit a house. Regardless, he wrecked his vehicle. He hit something. Yeah. One a federal crime, one not. Yeah. Um, Crescent... Crescent? Crescent. As a Um Crescent Township Police Chief Christopher Sweet arrested Andrew on suspicion of drunken driving. Which is such a weird way to say that, but... And took him to Miners Medical Center in Hastings for a blood alcohol content test. And it was alleged that his BAC was a .203. And the legal limit to drive a car is .08. And Hastings wasn't all that close. Mm. So he would have had a little time to process some of the alcohol. Yeah. I still don't know why they would have taken him to Hastings. I, I know. That makes no sense. I mean, that's all the way, like, in northern Cambria, you said. Like, between Patton and northern Cambria? Yeah. Up to like, just 15 minutes. We well, yeah, because if car. you would go to Hastings, like, you don't take back roads and stuff. Yeah. I'll tell you to jump on the highway. Yeah. And you're in a cop car, so you put your lights on and go. Zippity-doo. <laughs> so, uh, Sweet said that Andrew was cooperative, respectful, soft-spoken, rational, and calm, and he dropped Andrew off at his house because he did not pose a danger to himself or others. This was at 3.03 p.m. And yes, I have in parentheses. Don't trust the hoe. Don't don't trust the hoe. Although, not a good place to have that. That was poor timing. (laughs) Now that I... Yeah, because now we know what comes next. (laughs) Well, I just put it in there because of 3.03, but... And then you kept going, you're like... And now I'm like... No, because you didn't want to trust. Not that I'm calling Andrew a hoe. Um, After being dropped off, Andrew started to assemble firearms, which just made me laugh because it was just like... (laughs) Like picture like like a Rambo movie? Yes. I mean, it kind of was, but... Yeah. um, So he started to assemble firearms in the living room and took a pistol and started shooting into the furniture and walls. 
Sharon came home from her job and is believed to have confronted Andrew about the damage. Andrew then shot her in the head and started to watch TV. And when she made a noise, he shot her again. She had three gunshot wounds. Uh, one was to her neck and two to the head. At 4.45, Michael, Sharon's husband, therefore Andrew's father, came home and found Andrew brandishing a shotgun, which I did have to look up brandishing. So if you can... He was... He was holding... He was, like, waving it around. Yeah. 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 So, um, Michael was able to disarm Andrew without any incident, and according to the criminal complaint, then asked Andrew what he had done to his mother. But instead of answering, Andrew ran from his home in his stocking feet. And because this case hits so close to home and makes both of us sad, I had to leave that in because I thought it was a funny way to say it without shoes. And it's a direct quote. <laughs> yeah, it's a direct quote from the Tribune. So... Um, Michael called 911 and cops from four different towns and um, showed up, and police were able to locate Andrew within 17 minutes at an acquaintance's house, I think like two blocks from his own. What? I'm trying to think if I knew who it was. Oh, uh, yeah, I didn't say. Hmm. Um, I thought you were trying to figure out the four different towns. <laughs> Probably Litson, Asheville. Oh, I like Asheville House. It's no. <laughs> It was Glitzen, Portage, Crescent, um, the fourth one. Patton, maybe? Maybe you just said Patton a lot tonight. Anyway. Again, Andrew was taken into custody without incident. Um, and prior to this, he had never been charged with any crimes. So, um, yeah, this was kind of a shock to happen i mean like nobody expected it yeah that was a blow to like the whole community yeah um heather and i were together it was the weekend before halloween and we thought it was like a sick prank that somebody was playing Yeah, because one of our friends called me and said like hey yeah and And that was like i mean that might have been pretty smartphone for me (laughs) I think it might have been for both of us. Yeah, and so we couldn't just, like, hop our phones Yeah, I, we probably got on. I know we turned the news on. Yeah. And, um, because I wasn't on call that weekend. We, we just got together to watch Supernatural. Yeah. Um, but then we went to the funeral, and I mean, it took That was the first non-family member funeral I ever went to. Wow. That was a long line to get in to see her. I mean, 16 years of being an awesome nurse, so. Um, Andrew pleaded guilty to third-degree murder and received a plea agreement of 20 to 40 years, and it is said that his family asked for a lighter sentence, noting that Andrew had snapped after going on a drug and alcohol binge. When the judge asked him why he killed his mother, he responded by saying no comment, which really irritates me. (laughs) But whatever. I mean... He doesn't have to answer to me, so whatever. But I just think that's if your family fought for you. Yeah, like you give them a reason. Yeah, even if it's I don't know. I was just drunk, which is so weird though, because like I literally saw him like the day before that happened, and he was how he always was. Yeah, like quiet and like they said he was never even arrested. Um. So, the last thing I have is what I said was really sad. 
One of Sharon's last acts of kindness, because she was quoted, or like people were quoted with saying, like she was just always so kind to everyone. Um, so her last acts, one of her last acts of kindness was at the school when she saw a student had spilled milk on a coat. So she made sure it got washed and dried in time for them to wear it home. <laughs> That's so sweet. Nobody else yeah. in that school would have cared. Yeah. No offense to your mom. <laughs> she deals with enough. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so Heather graduated with Andrew. Yeah, school with him every year since preschool. And shockingly, I don't think we know anybody else that's really, like, done anything major like this. Nope, the only other one is our neighbor that somehow seems to avoid death. <laughs> Uh, that's our. I was gonna add a third one in there, but we didn't know anybody involved in the story that I know of, so I figured I'd save that for another time. Oh. Um, neither of us have any further topics started, to the best of my knowledge. Nope. Nope. So, um. I thought of looking up and seeing if there was like. Like a top ten like scariest places from like the past decade. What are you gonna do for Valentine's Day? <laughs> that was the one in the bathroom. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I was gonna do the massacre, but my more like a Valentine's Day massacre, like Saint Valentine. Oh, maybe. Yeah, that's what I was going to cover. But I don't... When you said that, all I could think of the movie called My Bloody Valentine. <laughs> oh, Jesus, no. Um, but my episodes don't premiere on Valentine's Day. Does mine? Yeah, yours is on Valentine's Day. Uh-oh. Friday the 14th. <laughs> Covered in blood. <laughs> I'm sure I could find like, a compilation of like Woman in white. Oh my god, I went and saw the new um, Jumanji mm-hmm. and Danny DeVito's character in it. <laughs> he's like a grandpa and he's like, he's had a hip replacement and he's bitching. And I was like, listen to it. And I was like, oh my god, that's the greatest. Because <laughs> he's, like, he's like, don't get old, it sucks. <laughs> and like, just the way he talked, I was like, oh my god. I was like, Oh, I'm excited to see my room. I'm not excited that I have to drive back home. Are you stopping there on your way out? No, I'm coming home Friday night. Oh, you're driving home and driving back in? Yeah. He told me not to, but I know my aunts were like, we're going to have something so you can come and see him. I was like... Like, I could come see him regardless. I'm like, how about... You don't need to spend time with all of you. He just comes to Ohio. Yeah. But he, I know he doesn't have his car up here, his truck. It's back in Florida. He took the Autobahn. Anyway. Hopefully he didn't hit any storms on the way up. No, he landed fine. Oh, that's good. But he said, I when he told me, I go, yeah, it's like 50 degrees here. It's beautiful. He goes, you know, wait till I land in Pennsylvania. It'll be shitty as hell. Yep. That's exactly what happened. Although I don't know what it's doing down there. 
It might be worse. It could be, but it could also be fine. Yeah. So, anyway, um, you can find us on Instagram at in reference to podcast, Twitter at in reference to. You can send us an email. Any true crime or paranormal stories at in reference to podcast at gmail dot com. Oh. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> I'm just going to keep this one just probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, or you can join our family or just become our friends and help support us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash in reference to. Yeah, help us support Wikipedia um, so that I can keep doing true crime stories. Although. You didn't use Wikipedia at all? Nope. That's because it wasn't a big enough story. <laughs> That's why I was surprised. Like whenever I was like, "Oh, like I looked up my sources," and I was like, "I didn't even really use Wiki." <laughs> so, all right. Uh, until next time. Ta-da!